If you like amazing content, but you don't have 45 to 60 minutes, this episode is for you. This is just jam-packed, chock-full of value. Every single second of it is just awesome. It is kind of a compilation of some of the, the highlight moments from our previous episodes, but I just love what our team has put together here, and I know you're going to love it too. Check it out, and remember to leave today better than you found it. We'll see you in the episode. So we're going to talk about the five D's of systemization, which is some proprietary content that we have here at Better Than Rich. Step one of the five D's of systemization is design. And so basically what we're saying here is we need to design what the system is. We can't just be jumping into something by the seat of our pants. It's almost like an art project. And that's why the term design is really apt here. It's like you're creating something that needs to really have some elegance, have some beauty, have some logic to it. It has to flow. It has to work. And so you really need to go into brainstorming mode. You need to like clear off four hours in your calendar. You got to wipe off everything in your whiteboard or get some big post-its, turn on some good music, order in some Uber Eats, do some planning, man. And this is what the design phase is all about. It's one of my favorites because it like really taps into my creativity. But it's like be creative and really design something from the better term from instead of an art project. It's more like you're an architect right? And you're architecting this structure, this building, and it's okay, we would need this sort of foundation and this sort of here's where the windows would be. And this is what the entrance is. And this is what the person's going to see when they walk into the building, just like thinking, okay, what's the customer experience going to be like, what are they going to see when they interact with my people or interact with my business? So there's a few other things I want to say about design, but I want to kick it to you because you've done a really good job of this. What are your thoughts? The first one is the question is always in mind is, what do I want them to feel during this interaction? So how do I want them to feel during this interaction? How do I want them to feel during point A to point B to point C in each interaction? How do I want them to feel or how are they currently feeling and how can I influence those feelings during the interaction? If I'm working in a sales capacity with a client, whether it's on a phone call or during a presentation, it's like at each step, each pivot, each transition, how do I want my client to feel during each exchange or during each pivot? And if you can answer that question, how is my client feeling during right now at this point? And how do I want them to feel at this point? How are they potentially feeling at this point? And do I need to pivot a little bit? And that's where you can really get creative and thinking, okay, what do I want? What do I want them to want? What do they want? What do they need? And how can I influence those things? And that's where the design phase comes into play. It, like to your point, it's, it could be very fun. So write that down. What do I want my client to feel at this particular experience? Or if you're starting employee experience, you're recruiting somebody, what do I want my new hire to feel coming into this experience? So it's what are your desired outcomes is another big question, right? So what are my desired outcomes from this system? I'm guessing if you run a sales team on the other end of this line, one thing you do is you run a team meeting at some point, right? A weekly team meeting or a monthly team meeting or something, you run a team meeting. But have you ever sat down and just listed out what are all my desired outcomes from a team meeting? And have you ranked them or at least the top three to five? And what are those exact outcomes that you're looking to actually solve? Obviously, increase sales or get people on the phone to book more appointments, or maybe it's to give recognition, or maybe it's to strengthen culture, or maybe it's to inspire them, or maybe it's to build teamwork and camaraderie. Maybe it's to reprimand them. Maybe it's like you can come up with any sort of complex list of a desired outcome, but then figure out what are your top three? What are my, what am I really trying to create here? 
And then what we want to do is we want to work backwards and reverse engineer those desired outcomes. Mike said, how do I want my client to feel in this experience? So then it's, we are going to reverse engineer that and say, if that's going to be the case, how could we best do that? And I really also do recommend at this point, there's no bad idea, right? This is really like brainstorming and be willing to design the ideal situation. And we can figure out how to implement just part of it and drip it out. I know change management is a big topic that business owners and business leaders need to always be thinking about. We can't change everything overnight. But really think about, okay, what would be the ideal scenario for this experience? So start with the end in mind. Think about the ideal scenario and start to put together those series of processes, processes, and technologies that would actually create the desired outcome. What's going on? Better Than Rich Show listener Biggs here. Just interrupting this episode to make you aware of something that we're up to. We are putting on our five-day mini course once again. Last time we did this, we had 100 people sign up. People were ranting and raving about this thing. It's really awesome. We teach the power of automation, delegation, and business systems because we know that so many entrepreneurs have escaped the 9 to 5, but then they end up working 24-7. And we want to help you win back your time and your freedom. The course is designed to help you win back 13 to 37 hours of your week every single week. We call it win back your freedom and increase your profits. And the whole thing is only 29 bucks. So we're going to teach you business systems, automation, delegation, flow charts, how to use you know virtual assistants. There's a really cool VIP offer we always encourage people to do. It's just a little bit more. But we really are strong believers in this. And we know that you'll love it too. So head on over betterthanrich.com backslash podcast for a special offer. Again, that's betterthanrich.com backslash podcast. Let's get back to the show. So number two that oftentimes gets skipped is documentation. This is where you document everything that you just designed. And there's this important step to actually create the materials that are going to be able to support your clients or your team to actually implement the system. And too often, we train people and we tell them what to do, but we don't give them any sort of reference materials. We don't give them like anything that they can go back to, any series of videos they can go back and watch. And this makes the training process really bad. Or if something's changed in the system, which happens fairly frequently, in step five, when something changed in the system or tweaked, there's no place where that change is even noted whatsoever. So documentation is really important in my opinion. Yeah. One of the things that we do is we use WhatsApp, we use Google Docs for that. And then we have a once a week staff meeting. So I think it's important that because things evolve constantly. So we'll commute if we have a live document, let's say on Google Doc, and I'm going to update it. So then I'll update the live doc. So once I update the live doc, then I'm going to go to WhatsApp and say, hey, just so you know, take a screenshot of the change. I'll say, this is what was changed or this is what we adapted or this is what we evolved. So that's like the three-step process of any type of changes. Just to note there, sometimes when we design something, we want to rush it out because we're like very excited about it. We know it's going to be better. And also the documentation period and thinking about step three, which is dissemination, which is essentially training you got to really think these things through. I see a lot of people design a system and then they try to implement it like that night or the next day and try to like bombard people with it. And people are way thrown off by that, especially if you're trying to change things up frequently. So let's go to number three here. Number three is dissemination. And this is where we're going to disseminate the information that we just documented. So we designed it, then we documented it. Now we're going to disseminate it, which is basically we're going to train people on how to use it. And we talked a little bit about some really good training principles, but just making sure that the training matches the complexity is really important. Some things you can train someone on in an hour, 
Other things, you're going to need to train people over the course of months on how to become an expert at this. And so based on what you're really trying to teach them, making sure that you have a curriculum that is going to actually cover all of the necessary processes, policies, technologies, and then that it's dripped out properly, maybe you can just do it in one staff meeting, but maybe it's going to take several staff meetings or several calls to action or several sort of interactions with these people. Maybe the training is partially in the classroom, but partially on the job. I tend to think that's the best way of training is to have that sort of happen. The third way that you could actually train people is through coaching, right? So there's training in the classroom. Then there's training where you can actually learn from one-on-one from your manager. And then there's training that's actual experience. And if you don't have a plan for each of these, then your dissemination plan is really not as sophisticated as it should be, in my opinion. Number four is to defend the system defend the system. This is essentially, you need to play law enforcement with the system. You put together the policies, you put together the processes, you put together the technologies, you've taught everybody exactly what they do. They have beautiful documentation on how they're actually supposed to implement it. There's no holes in the system, or if they are, we're going to discover them. And we'll talk about that in, in phase five. But this is where you just have to make sure that people are following it, right? And just making sure that people are following the rules, following the process, Are they actually doing putting the numbers into the spreadsheet the way they're supposed to be put into the spreadsheet? And are they actually making the phone calls they're supposed to make? Are they actually reaching out when they're supposed to? All of the different ways that this, these processes and technologies work together, we have to like just play checkup, right? And play doctor and go through and be like, how high is the compliance? Not even necessarily the performance, but did they at least check the box? Are they playing by the rules? Are they doing what they're supposed to do? And, and this is a really important thing because a lot of times people will implement a new system. They're super excited about it. Hey, every single week, I need you to fill this out and do this and do that. And they never check on it. And then they come back on it a month later and they're like, why didn't you guys do this? And it's because a lot of times, if I never got a ticket for speeding, I'd probably speed a lot more than I speed now, right? Because there's no deterrent. So we have to create deterrence for people to know that we mean business in creating the system. Yeah, feel versus real is the first thing that comes with me is because sometimes we have feelings that things are good or feelings that things are bad. And then we look at the data and we look at the numbers and it might be the same. It might be opposite. It might be close. I think it's very important to make sure that we're defending the system with data and not just emotion. So that's why it's important to have a lot of the stats in place. Something that we do in our organization is that I had to figure out what are the data points? What are the numbers that I need? And I want to make it as easy as possible to get those numbers. And I also want to make sure that I know what are the main numbers. It's not just busy work. Like these are the key result areas that move the business. It's not busy work. Like, okay, these are the numbers I need each day. So I have them update a WhatsApp group each day. So it's like maybe there's three numbers that they update a day, depending on the department. These are the three most important KRAs. So if they are updating the KRAs, then my virtual assistant takes those and puts them into a spreadsheet. I want to make it easy for my managers. And then my virtual assistant could do all that, the data entry stuff because they're always at their phone. For my staff to go to the spreadsheet to update it, it's too long. Pull up their phone, go to WhatsApp, put the numbers in, no big deal. And I already sent them a template. So that way at our staff meeting once a week, or if it's like a few days in a row, I could take a screenshot of the spreadsheet, send it to them and say, Hey, this is three days in a row below the standard. What's going on? 
So I don't have to wait a week. I could, I have the data. It's in front of me. And even better, they found the data. They saw it. There is a level of ownership and autonomy versus me just putting it in front of them. So that way there's some level of ownership there. I take the screenshot. Let's have a conversation about it. And just by having awareness, what gets measured and what gets focused on is going to get some sort of gains and it's going to get some sort of attention. Totally. That is like a masterclass right there in like enforcement of the system. And it doesn't even mean it has to be harsh enforcement. Just sometimes it's just letting people know that you're aware, which by the way, in the design phase, you need to design your reporting system and your analytic system. It's so important. Mike uses the term KRAs, key result areas. Some people use KPIs, key performance indicators, whatever you are using to re- as far as the metrics that needs to be designed in the design phase. And how are you actually getting that data? And how are you ensuring accuracy of that data? And is it the most important data that you could have? And it's not noise, right? And is it actionable? So then all I would do is with these reports, I would look for what I call red flags and green flags, right? It's just, okay, here's a red flag. Somebody's below the performance standard for three days in a row is to use Mike's example. So then I fire off an email. Hey, what's happening here with Sprite? And just applying a little bit of pressure to help them see I'm watching and this is below the standard. What's below the standard? You should be watching this as well, training other people to look. So then next time I don't have to send the email, my middle manager sends the email and we start to actually condition these sorts of just enforcements on the standards. So design, documentation, dissemination, defend. And then the last one is to develop, which is really to optimize the system, to iterate upon the system, to make it stronger. Because no matter how good of a job, no matter how well you design something in the design phase, typically there's going to be little blind spots that you had that you just didn't think about or little processes that you didn't put in place or scenarios that you didn't account for. And this is where the develop phase comes in, where it's time to actually look at what's working, what's not working, and then try to actually shore up what's not and where you need to actually make tweaks in the system. We always need to be tweaking and iterating and moving some things around and improving things. That said, you really need to practice discernment to know when do I just make tweaks and when do I scrap the system wholesale? So to recap, the five D's of systemization are design, documentation, dissemination, defend, and develop. So if you can implement these into your business, you are going to be able to systemize your business. You're going to go from being a business operator to business owner and having a business where you can make money even without being there. 